You're listening to the Three Pixels Tech, Gaming and Movie Podcast, brought to you by Alan Taylor, Martin Gregory and me, Ben Ridley. Hello and welcome back to this episode of the podcast, a bonus special featuring two pieces of content that didn't quite make it onto the full season two, episode two. First up is Alan talking about the brand new Cloverfield film released onto Netflix. And the second item is from the Tech Corner discussing Intel's brand new smart glasses. So wherever you are, turn up the volume, sit back and enjoy this bonus episode. So I'll just start off with a brief story. You guys may be aware that during the Super Bowl last week, Netflix announced and very quickly released J.J. Abrams' The Cloverfield Paradox. Did you guys hear about this? Yes. Yes, I definitely did. Um, this was such a sneaky release. This was a this was not a confident move. Nobody I there was a company who did something similar like this last year. I can't really remember the name of it, but it doesn't really matter anyway. This is a typical move from a company who's kind of saying, We needed to get this out and put this out there, but we're not proud of it. Let's just quickly release it at the same time as the Super Bowl, because then People won't have time to realize that it's out and hopefully the reviews won't be as many because all the news companies are going to be involved in all the news and overwhelmed with the Super Bowl. That's I might be completely wrong. I might be completely saying something unfair about the film as I haven't seen it. I haven't heard great things so far, but I haven't seen it. I just found that a little bit funny. So Netflix hasn't put any of their movies in the cinema. No. That's not something they have done and I don't think they're interested in doing because they're very much the home experience. So the optimist in me wants to say this is a cool format of the announce it, put it out, give it to the viewer straight away. However, this movie has been very heavily, heavily criticized. So the pessimist is saying they're embarrassed of it. They just want to get it out there. However, people's criticisms with this movie are kind of the reason I enjoyed it so much. So I um, I was impressed with it. I know I'm in the minority here. Okay, so let's um, try not offend people. Then. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, okay. So it does open with just you getting blasted with this clunky exposition and this really cliched setup of uh, the Earth's running out of fuel. So it's cracked. Team's been sent up into space to create this new unlimited unlimited fuel source, and then. You know, it it doesn't really work, and it was kind of losing me for the first half an hour or so. Once we get into this parallel dimension, it really does get kind of goofy and fun, and it just starts this whole Event Horizon-style house of horrors that I it, it's just, you know, people start appearing in the walls, dismembered arms are moving around, and it was it was kind of fun. Although I wish it just went more into the madness and insanity, like Event Horizon, it kind of stays safe with the climax being a kind of stereotypical action showdown uh, climax. But, you know, this movie doesn't really have any original ideas. It doesn't have anything to say. But it does take these cliched elements, you know, that you've seen before. And it does have fun with it. And it does have... I did have fun watching it. It had a very good cast, I must say. Uh, Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd. Okay. He brings a lot of humor to it. And uh, the main actress, uh, Gugu Mbathi-Raw, probably butchered that name, but it's fine. she brings a lot of emotional weight to her character, probably okay. more than she needed to. J.J. Abrams is weaving these stories into the Cloverfield franchise with the finesse of 
a toddler jamming the square peg into the circle cutout in his toy. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, just kind of imagine it. smashing it in there and it works so well. It's so goofy and fun. And it worked really well with uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane as well. It's this, you know, claustrophobic, paranoid drama, completely different to the first Cloverfield, which has its problems. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but it, many, it, yeah, many problems. it sets the the groundwork to make these movies that are just completely different genres. And it, it made me second guess myself quite a lot through this movie. Oh, I, I actually didn't know what to expect. Okay. And I'm going to probably get a lot of hate for this. <laughs> but I kind of wish the Star Wars franchise would do this. Just bring these completely <laughs> different genres. Why does every, every Star Wars movie is the same now? They're all these very controlled blockbusters. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a claustrophobic thriller set in the Star Wars universe. You know? I can't even argue with that, actually. To be quite honest, I'm sick of the same format. Not everyone's going to agree with with what I'm saying, but I feel like you two will agree with what I'm saying, that anything at this point can't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) A clean house is a sign of a broken computer. So I'd like to talk about Intel and their new venture into the AR glasses world, trying to make a product which is better suited to say how the future may be for smart glasses than Google achieved with the Google Glass. We'll just graze over that. If you don't know about the Google Glass, basically the Google Glass was a product which allowed users to see small bits of information in the glasses, uh, important bits that Google wanted to put up there, And it also had a camera built in so that you could record what you were seeing or take photos of whatever you were seeing as well, which is where a lot of people felt uncomfortable about others wearing the Google Glass and even banned them in certain areas um, because they felt that people's privacy, you know, weren't being um, respected because, you know, they didn't know whether the camera on someone's glasses was recording them or not. Now, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about this new smart glasses from Intel called the Vont. Yeah, that is what they're calling it. Now, the actual technology behind these glasses, I think, is far cooler than the name. They may only look like a simple pair of black glasses, but the technology in them allows them to use a very low-power laser, much lower power than a pointer pen that you might use to point at your presentations, and it is projecting an image right into your retina, right into the eyeball. So in these glasses, you're not going to see a glowing screen. No one else is really going to know that the glasses have any screen or anything in them. They're going to look like normal glasses. But what you'll be able to see in your peripheral vision in the corner, a bit like a lower third, you'll be able to see important bits of information. Now, the really key thing that Intel are saying in this is there's not for them to put annoying social media posts or to put anything that's considered to be unimportant or distracting to the user in this um, projection, but to only put useful pieces of information such as directions if you're trying to navigate where to go, or if you're looking at a restaurant, it could possibly suggest you um, what the opening times are, if they need a telephone number, review rating stars, things like that. Just important day-to-day information you might need while going out. Or, you know, as I was just just thinking about earlier, was possibly if you were at um, an exhibition, like a um, um, an art exhibition or a, or a, a gallery or um, 
some sort of museum that, you know, they could key in with those those museums and venues and be able to offer information about whatever you're looking at, uh, which I think would be quite cool. Now, importantly, there's no camera on these. They are just projecting an image at the moment, and the aim is for them to work with um, all smartphones, whether they are of the Apple or the Google variety, and allow you to allow you to interact with it. Now, it, it will be a while till developer units do come out, but uh, they are going to start with developers and then sort of explore the water, see how things go and uh, develop from there. It's very exciting, I think, because Intel have never made a physical product like this before. But what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, I'm way into the idea. I was on board with the Google Glass at the time. I never used one. Yeah. But as long as they don't interfere because they're just developing the hardware, right? Yeah. They're not developing the software. So it's all very well them saying that it's not going to interfere, it's not going to obstruct, it's not going to uh, be annoying, but it's not up to them. It's up to the software developers. I mean, they're making the core operating system, but they are going to be working with developers to, to see what works. And it is going to be what apps decide to use the software and the hardware. So it's kind of going to be partly at the hands of both companies, whoever partners up. But isn't it the same as like Android saying none of the apps on your phone will have uh, pop-up adverts? Because it's not, it's not up to them. They're not developing the software. This is where the, the argument is going to come. And I, and I think I'm very skeptical, as you are, whether this is actually going to become true when the product finally launches. Because we know, you know, every company will have the intention to not make their product annoying to the user. Every company out there, you know, whoever you talk to. But unfortunately, the way that the internet works and the way that businesses work in terms of they have to make money somehow is that applications are expensive to, to manufacture and they need to make money somehow. So they either charge the user or the user's the product, basically. And, that, and that's how business models work. You either pay for the app or you are the product in the app. You are the person being sold to in the app. And, and that's kind of how that's how they class it in in in, in business terms is uh, you either you either buy the product or you are the product and um, yeah so Martin any thoughts I think it's a bit unnecessary really my minus thoughts completely are like what's the point like um like you you said about like uh, you can see like reviews and stuff but that's what your phone's for it's for that that's what it instantly went straight to to me um, in, in my personal opinion it's to have something for for the sake of having it and also i instantly thought of you have let's say you have these glasses on and and you know you're gonna get that guy or girl who's gonna have them on looking through these um through these like lasers being shot into your eyes they're gonna be distracted by that bang they're in a car crash or a car accident i could just see it being more of a hindrance than a help in day-to-day in -day life but if it's just in the corner how's that any different to the sat nav but well, hang on you, you said it's just in the corner but like that still takes up your a bit of your vision, no matter what. And you can always say, like um, with phones as well, it, oh, it's only in the corner of your eye. And I'll, I'll be quite honest. There's been times where I've put my um, phone uh, in my cup holder and it goes off, and I have a quick like, what's going on? And for that split second, I am distracted by my phone, and and that is the problem. And I think this is exactly what's going to be the problem with these glasses. They're just going to be like something's going to pop up all of a sudden at the wrong place, wrong time. You're going to get distracted, and someone's going to get hurt. 
I understand exactly where both of you are coming from. I'm a very techie person. That's why I'm doing the tech corner and I want technology to succeed. And, you know, wearables is very much the trend at the moment. But yeah, there's going to have to be regulations for how these things are used. But the difficulty is going to be if these glasses are depending on not looking obvious and blending in, is it going to be difficult for law enforcement or for any anyone in particular to know that, you're wearing them and you're not allowed to be wearing them in, in certain situations like driving. But I think I think this is going to be a constant battle that we're going to have. I mean, people have smartwatches uh, that vibrate on their, on their wrists uh, when they get a notification. They have phones that they use for sat-nav and often have notifications popping up all over the place, although companies like Apple are trying to stop this. And, you know, infotainment systems built into your cars. I mean, the whole Tesla operating system is a massive tablet that's in the middle of your of your dashboard and the new tesla model 3 the whole thing is a tablet i mean there's nothing you can't do that is is through the tablet so i mean we're moving that way but also obviously we're moving at the same period and pace into um driverless cars and that is the way we're going so as long as i think this technology starts to come in at the same time that we start seeing more and more driverless cars then maybe the crossover makes a lot more sense um, I've seen videos recently where Renault have um, showed their new Megane that they're that they're got as a test car, which they're showing that the things that they can do with driverless cars is not only the driverless aspect of it is that they're engaging media for you to interact with while the car is driving itself, such as wearable technology. Oculus headsets and things like this that can put you in a whole different space in, entirely. So you you could be driving down a road, but in a completely different part of the universe or in a completely different made up world entirely. So I think a lot of other things are going to have to and will change in the process of this coming out. But I think as a piece of technology, it's it's quite cool. We shouldn't halt the production of advanced technology for the idiots of the world. Like we can't cater to the people who are going to ruin it. Yeah. Lock them up. Lock them up, I say. <laughs> Everyone's going to find a way of doing something stupid with something. With technology. I mean, Or anything, to yeah. be honest with you. You know, I don't know if you heard about the news item about people eating these Tide Pods. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's these, these one capsule pods that you put in for your washing, so we call yeah, them something like, else over here. But, um, you know, some, some, some things started on the internet that you can eat them or they taste weird or so there's like a challenge. It became a challenge. So people started eating them. People started getting obviously very ill because you're not supposed to eat washing tablets. What? You're, you're joking. No, this was it, a right? thing. There was like yeah. big YouTubers started like doing the, po- um, the, the Tide Pod challenge. Logan Paul. Logan Paul was one of them, of them yeah. <sighs> Fortunately, he survived it. Yeah. Although he, he's been demonetized now or something, hasn't he? Because, so they say. Yeah. Well, for the time, they say temporarily. Yeah. Anyway, I'm okay. I'm just in shock. Sorry, okay. <laughs> while, you, while you contemplate that, uh, let me wrap up this uh, second. A computer lets you make more mistakes faster than any invention in human history, with the possible exceptions of handguns and tequila. So there we have it. Just some bonus content for you from the main episode. If you did enjoy it, don't forget to go and check out the other main episodes and bonus episodes that are available ready to download. And get involved with the conversation with us on our social media, including Twitter, which is at 3pixelspod. Or you can now get in touch with us via email, hello at the3pixels.com. And with that, we'll see you guys in the next episode. 
You've been listening to the Three Pixels podcast, a production by Alan Taylor, Martin Gregory, and me, Ben Ridley. Music provided by Epidemic Sound and exec produced by Abrupt Audio. With that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night.